Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here on the Duncan Duo Show to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. Lots of chaos in the financial markets, obviously, with uh, the Russia-Ukraine stuff this week and a lot of volatility with interest rates. We'll touch on that in a little bit. But I want to start the show today, Mike, talking about people selling their home. And I think that you know we're in a super unique market in that most people believe that they can easily sell their home. And, yes. and, and in a lot of ways, they're right. However, the question becomes not just getting it sold, but are you getting the most money and the most con- or the most convenience? Because those are the two things that usually combat each other the most. People either want max price or max convenience. And there's a price to pay for convenience, just like um, you know any other service. Uh, you you can pay extra, right? And you're going to get a different service. You know, if you if you jump onto Uber, you can get Uber Luxury or you know a faster Uber. You can pay Lyft to get to you quicker right. than waiting for the regular service. And and the same thing goes with with selling your home. Um, you know, there, there's a price associated. However, one thing that we're super excited about is we've partnered with some very large funds that are buying homes in Tampa, and and I, I can't say their names. But if you're thinking about and wanting to sell your home for an instant cash offer, you can go to DuncanDuo.com, type in your address. We'll reach out to you and let you know your options because some of these large funds have come to us because of the amount of advertising we do and because of the number of deals we do and said, hey, look, we can give your clients preferred pricing better than if a customer comes direct. So we've got some unique opportunities for people. And, and in a lot of these instances, not every home qualifies, but there's a lot of homes out there that fit this buying box where people can truly sell for retail to a cash buyer that will close whenever you want and have the smoothest transaction and be the best buyer you could possibly imagine. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, again, go to our website, hit up DuncanDuo.com, type in your address if you want an instant cash offer. Because again, um, there are other websites out there that do this, but because of our track record, because of the number of homes we've helped some of these funds buy, they're offering it to us with a you know kind of special incentives in a sense and saying, you know what, we'll do better for your clients because of you driving so much business that's to awesome. us. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's super excited. It was, you know, I was out in Los Angeles and actually had a meeting with some of the folks and, and then follow-up calls and stuff. So so nonetheless, if you are someone who has looked at these national home buyer type things, um, we have access to all of them too. But because of our relationships with them, we, we can do better than you're going to do on your own because we drive more business to them than you do personally. So uh, so again, DuncanDuo.com if you want an instant cash offer, you're thinking about selling your house. So let's talk about some, some secrets to fetch a price beyond your wildest dreams. So we talked about the convenience part. The convenience part is you know, the iBuying, the instant cash offer, which obviously, as I talked about, we do. We can bring you instant cash offers. And it doesn't matter what your property is. It doesn't matter how, you know, single family, condo, townhome, doesn't matter how bad a shape it's in, you can get an instant cash offer uh, from us. But let's talk about maximum price. So a a, a lot of people uh, misunderstand the real estate market and make the mistake of hiring an agent that will do it cheaper, or that's their friend, or their buddy, or someone that just got their license. And the obstacle with that is what people don't realize when they think they're saving money on commission, they're giving away money in not having a great negotiator, not having a great marketing plan and getting a lower price than they would have gotten if they'd have been more diligent in who they hired to sell their home. For sure. And so so let's talk about some of these rules. Old rule, you can look for a new, a new home as you sell your old one. New rule, come up with a solid game plan for where you'll live before you put your house on the market. Super crucial. Yeah, I think this is super important today because now 
homes are going, you know, they're they're listed and, and under contract all on the same day. I mean, I, I was talking to some realtors yesterday from from your team that it went active yesterday, and by already by last night, it was highest and best offer. And it, yeah, it, it, there's so many that are coming out. So so, I mean, so going a lot, out, You got to have a plan. To yeah, a lot get of out. sellers. If you're selling your home, especially if you're selling it with us, because we're we're going to get you a bidding war. We're gonna we're gonna drive price. We're gonna do everything we can to get as many eyes on it as we can, including you know getting some of the iBuyer companies to compete for your right. for your sale if that's what you want. But the reality is, is that if you don't have a place to go as soon as you sell, or maybe even in be- an in between spot, you could potentially lose money. Um, now, fortunately, a lot of a lot of the market today is driven by sellers, and they can kind of control those terms. They can say, you know what, if you're going to buy my house, you're not closing until I find a house, or they can put in a contingency. Right. You know, so there are things that we can do to put you in the driver's seat. I've never sold almost three billion in real estate. I've never had anyone go homeless. Okay, you're not going to be out on the street. We're going to come up with a solution. We'll we'll find a plan. But you got to have a game plan. You need to know yes. you know where you want to buy, um, when you want to buy, or do you simply just want to go rent something for a few months so you can take your time with buying? And and so people will say things like, "Well, I don't want to incur costs and do that twice." But the reality is, is if you get a bidding war for your house and you compete all these people against each other, you may drive price up enough to where it makes sense for you to do something like right. that. Right. And remember, this list is about driving maximum price, right? So giving, so having an option of where to go, so you yeah. don't have to put limits on what they're doing. So. And one of the things that we really want to offer on our teams, we want to have every option for selling your home available, whether it's um, the instant cash type scenario, whether it's, you know, you want to do some sort of creative, you know, lease option owner financing, whether you want to sell traditionally to a, to a traditional buyer that's going to get financing and maybe get the most money you can get. Um, you know, we want to have all those options for you. So when it comes to that, we're going to give you all the options of a pricing. We're going to give you advice, but it's ultimately your choice. And our advice is old rule, you know, you price your home high and then, you know, you drive offers and you go from there, you negotiate down. The new rule is list below market to real people in and drive the price up. A lot of agents are using this tactic today. Yes. It works well. It's almost like an unofficial auction. And um, it, it's something that can get you more than retail price because you, the lower your price, the more buyers you open up the opportunity of seeing your home. People search by dollar increments. One example is let's just say your house is worth two sixty. You should list it at two fifty. Yes, you're going to get way more eyes on it from people searching up to two fifty. And even though those people that are capped at two fifty may not be your buyer. The fact that you get a bunch of those will drive the people up that can't afford to pay more than yes. 260 and the more offers you can have the better position that you're in whether that's an instant cash i buyer offer whether that's a retail offer the more people you can have competing the better position that you're going to be in to get the most amount of money um, and the best terms so listing your price aggressively and negotiating up versus negotiating down old rule make sure you have nice listing photos new rule new rule you've got to have aerial videos 3d tours Video technology, the higher the price, the more that it needs to be invested into the technology of showcasing the home. A luxury home needs, you know, lifestyle videos, 3D tours, aerial tours, all these types of things um, to, you know, to showcase because 
the higher price you go, the more likely you are to deal with somebody that's buying from out of the area that could be a luxury home buyer from New York or California. And the more comfortable they are because they've bought more homes that buying sight unseen. So you've got to do more things to showcase that home. It frustrates me beyond belief when I see luxury homes listed and a and a lazy job done on photos and videos. Um, it, it's, it's crucial. Um, and if your home isn't selling, uh, hasn't sold, isn't getting the exposure, you, you may be with the wrong agent. Um, old rule. Prepare for a few home showings a week. <laughs> New rule, brace for a nonstop onslaught that will leave you nearly homeless until <laughs> Nearly homeless, <laughs> right, not yeah. homeless. That nearly. was it's some tongue-in-cheek there, but yes, I mean, you should prepare, be prepared for your house is going to be shown, and you need to be out of there for quite a bit of time, especially when it initially hits the market. And, and experience yields a, a lot of um, ideas when it comes to the, the process for putting your home on the market. Um, we have a lot of our clients where we'll say, you know, well, let's get your home on the market on Thursday or Friday. Let's use the weekend. Let's do an open house. And then you've got three or four days where you're pretty much just going to need to be away. You know, go go out of town. For, go to the beach. Right. Go, yep. go, go out for a few days. Let us handle it over a weekend. And it's probably going to be sold by Monday. So um, and, and again, uh, with multiple offers, you know, let us run it that way. Um, the more showings you turn down and the more restrictive you are about showing the house, the more money you're losing because you're losing out on that potential that uh, uh, you could get a second buyer that could drive your first buyer up, you know, and, and so that that's the name of the game today. If you restrict access and you reduce the number of offers you can get, you're in essence reducing the amount of people willing to compete for your home to get uh, the maximum price. Old rule, take the highest price offer. New rule. Beware of a purchase price that's too good to be true. Mike, you want to talk about appraisals here because there's so often where people are getting financing and offering some fantasy land number that you know can't get Yeah, supported. for sure. And so people have tried to play some of this game, right, where they offer this really high price and they're going to obtain financing. And the thing with that is, is that it needs to appraise, right, that's going to be there. Or there needs to be appraisal gap coverage, which we're seeing in, in almost every offer now um, that are coming in. But, you know, they may agree to only pay 20000 over the, the appraised value. Well, somebody may come in and try and play the game and bid 50,000 over knowing full well that they're only going to have to pay 20 over. So sometimes that number that they're throwing out that headline number, that real high number, it, it really is never going to come to fruition. So you got to be very careful if you're going to take a real high offer and you know that your your team will tell them when something is just, you know, too too high of an offer, you got to make sure hey, that's either going to be cash or there's an unlimited appraisal coverage yeah. at the gap there. Correct. They're going to be there to handle that. Yeah, there there's no doubt people are offering fantasy numbers that can't get supported on appraisal. So right. all that's happening is they're tying your property up and they're ultimately going to buy your house for retail value, not retail plus. Whatever it appraises at is going to be their max unless there's a gap and and um, unless there's coverage or there's an offer that says they'll go higher. Um, you know, there are a lot of scenarios where, you know, people will offer these crazy numbers and the seller looks at it and says, but these people are off in 375. Our next highest is 330. But it'll only appraise the three fifteen. It doesn't matter, you right. know, unless they're cash. You right. know, so so the fantasy offer, unless it's cash, and even when it's cash, sometimes they're going to use that inspection period to renegotiate. So so it isn't just a matter of looking at it and saying, oh, what's my highest offer? It's it's assessing all the terms. It's the dates. It's the timelines. It's even an analysis of who the lender is, how good of a lender they are, where are they located. For you know, sure. all, all these things are things that agents take into consideration, and the experience that they have in, in at least in my company, the experience in doing you know thousands of deals is that, you know, we have a really good understanding of who's good, who isn't, and you know who uh, may not be recommended if you've got offers that are close to each other. So, so again, hopefully these um, tips for selling your home are effective. 
if you are thinking about selling your home, whether you whether you've got a luxury home and you want the most amount of money possible, or whether you've you've got a, a home that would qualify for, you know, an, an instant cash offer where we can go to all of the funds and find who will who will give you the best terms and price. Um, you can go to DuncanDuo.com. What we're going to talk about next, we're going to talk about you know some of my favorite people are our military. And uh, some of the struggles that they have in moving and some tips for people that are buying and selling, um, you know, that are that are military members. We're going to talk about that after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. Smart strategies to pull off a fast-paced military move. Look, it's no secret that uh, McDill Air Force Base, literally, you know, I could throw a stone right. to it from my office building on Del Mabry. Um, is the largest employer in Tampa. We have a lot of military moves, a lot of a lot of movement in the military right now as well, and obviously a lot of things being talked about with, you know, different conflicts throughout the throughout the world that could that could cause some of this. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, soldiers that are going to get you know PCS out of uh, McDill somewhere else, or they're fresh coming into Tampa, um, they're PCS here on how to make the process smoother for a fast-paced military move. I think the number one most important thing is finding an agent that uh, is capable and experienced with military moves. Um, uh, you know, we have we have veterans at our company. Um, we also have people that are spouses of veterans. Um, I, I found a lot of times the spouses of veterans are probably a, a little bit more experienced than the veteran yeah, in terms of because they, they have to know. do a lot of the behind-the-scenes yes, right, stuff. They, yep. So, so several of our our team members that have served and and are you know spouses are significant at others that have served. They've got a lot of experience in our company with helping people in these situations because they have to move fast. So, yes. you need an agent that that does understand. Um, you know the, the the military processes, but you also need an agent familiar with the VA loan and how to sell the VA loan. And so, a lot of agents out there, you know, we talked we talked about this in prior shows. Right. They basically take the VA loan and they say, oh, if it's VA or FHA, and they compare the two just because they're lower down payment loan products. Nothing could be further from the truth in terms of their viability or strength of a loan. A VA loan is the best loan out there. Uh, it's the safest. It's got the most appraisal protection. Um, and and truthfully, the the least underwriting of any loan product out there. So when agents that aren't experienced with the military get someone with a VA loan, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to position it. They don't know how to educate the other agent because a lot of times the listing agent thinks that oh it's VA, it's going to be a problem. No, it's it's way better than you than an FHA loan. So you know so so that's I think an important thing. An agent that understands how to sell. The idea of a VA loan being more desirable than other loan products. Yeah, I love that we talk about this because it is so true, and we see it all the time with different agents that are out there that think it's going to be more difficult, or it's going to take longer, it's going to cost more money, and all these things that couldn't be further from the truth. And all for our veterans too, right? That's yeah. that's always the worst part about it. It's like, man, the, you know, I mean, these are the people that are literally fighting right. so that we we can go buy and sell right, houses exactly. out here and and be able to do it. And it they aren't any more difficult. Most times they're actually easier. That's going to be there. And there's this stigma and, that, and I love that we talk about yeah. it to get rid of it. Yeah. And if there's sellers out there, they're like, oh, I don't want a VA loan. You've been miseducated. Yes. You, you, you need to talk to somebody that's more experienced because the, the appraisal process for a VA loan is the safest out there for loan products um, because you get the ability as a real estate agent to provide supplemental information ahead of time versus getting it after yes, the fact. Absolutely. So, um, another thing, uh, make sure you've got, uh, you know, your, you know, get your DD 214, get all of your information in, make sure that, 
Um, you've you've got all the documentation needed to show that you can get a VA loan because you're going to need that as part of the process. So have your paperwork in order about your move, your relocation, and all of that can be documented. Um, making good use of technology. A lot of times, um, you know, soldiers are looking at real estate from other parts of the country or other parts of the globe. Right. You know, they need an agent that is um, – you know, savvy with being able to show them what they need from technology that sometimes is willing to go out and video a property um, and giving them an idea of what's going on. But the, but but probably first and foremost, somebody that can communicate on their timeline. You know, if you're a soldier, you, you it may be two in the morning, you know, and if, if you're buying a home, you need an agent that can communicate with you in, a, in, a, in an understandable time. Frame. Yeah, we've had that as well. I mean, on the lending side where, you know, they're across the, you know, halfway across the world in Afghanistan, I, I remember a scenario where, you know, listen, they could only go use their technology and they had like a 30 minute window to be able to do it and be able to use technology and not it be a phone call, but use it over Wi-Fi and that sort of thing to communicate. But yeah, you got to be able to leverage technology. Thank God we have it um, to be able to use. So we're already able to yeah. do so, but you got to be flexible and know how to utilize uh, these things. Other steps, um, you know, do, do some homework on schools. If you have children, make sure that you're happy with that. Also do some homework on your commute time. Um, you know, the, the, depending on your hours, you know, if you're getting up super early in the morning, sometimes you, you may be able to live a little further away because you're sure. not hitting a lot of that rush hour track if, at traffic. If you have to be on base by 6am, for example. Right. Um, so, so, but, but commute to and from your work, um, on base or, or if you're a veteran and you're you know not going on base anymore, commute to and from your work and the uh, the property during the times that you're going to actually commute, you know, don't, don't just rely on, Oh, it took me 18 minutes on a Saturday at noon. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, so definitely doing your homework is, is a, um, you know, is a really big, uh, part of, of the, of the process. And then factoring in time to sell your current home. A lot of people don't understand this too. There is, um, some people don't realize that they can, sometimes qualify for more than one VA loan, depending yes. on the numbers. Okay. And you know, the, so that you can qualify to buy the new home while you're selling the, the previous home, Yep. Uh, you know, turning the previous home into a rental potentially. There's a lot of people that do that. Um, you know, so again, no, talk to your, um, you know, talk to your lender ahead of time. Know know what you qualify for. Know the rules and guidelines with your prior home, and you make sure that you're factoring in that you can afford that gap if you're going to buy before you sell. Yeah, and many people are able to do that. You like you said, have two VA loans for a short period of time. It all comes down to your entitlement, what you have, and we sure. have calculators that can calculate that all for you if you want to reach out to us. I mean, we can talk to you about that, but yeah, it, it isn't a hundred percent necessary all the time to get rid of that VA home before you move into the other one. One other thing, I see a lot of uh, veterans, disabled veterans, for example, overpay on their property taxes. Yes, uh, there are exemptions out there for disabled veterans, and again, it it depends on a lot of variables. But again, working with a military real estate agent, they know how to help you through that process of filing the proper exemptions and different things like that. So, may again, if you're not getting advice from somebody that is tied into and very familiar with military moves, it can, it can you know, set you back and cost you a lot of money and time. So we'll be back. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation about the Tampa Bay real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. And uh, if you're not following us on social media, please follow all of our socials. We're constantly giving away tickets and doing cool stuff on social media, keeping you updated about what's going on in the Tampa Bay real estate market. We are at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and if you want to follow my fascination with cars, you can follow me personally at Tampa Car Dude. Um, but five things first-time home buyers should never say when closing on a home. You know, it's funny. Uh, 
we we did a uh, a reel and a TikTok on this not long ago yeah. where I made a joke about a car, you know, buying a car, you know, and so, um, you know, it's definitely something you don't want to do, right? Um, but probably number one on the list, uh, you know, while you're you know in the process of closing on your house, I quit my job this morning. Yeah, I mean, th- probably this not list a good one. A, yeah, don't don't you do not want to make any sort of changes um, in your job. You don't even want to go from one place to another while you're in that loan process. We've had people that they're like, oh, but I got the new job and I'm already started, and now it's a hundred percent commission or it's a different type yeah. of income, and 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 it can get really messed up. So. Just while you're doing the loan and while you're in that process before you close, do not quit your job or change any employment. Also, move, moving money around. You're going to have to document any uh, yes. movement of money. Here's another one. I can't wait to get all the new furniture <laughs> that we just financed you know, or that we just bought. Yes. Um, wait. Any major purchases, do not risk your home loan by going out and buying furniture. And a, car's a, a car's another And one here's too. what we've heard in the past when people say, they say, oh, yeah, but don't worry about it. I got 0% interest doesn't for matter. 18 months or 12 I months. I don't have to pay a payment oh, for 18 months. It, it doesn't matter. Be, right. it, yeah, it can it be doesn't the worst, matter. So don't, don't, don't do don't any of that. Don't assume that you know more about credit <laughs> right. and debt to income than your lender. If you're going to make any purchases substantial, uh, you need to you need to make sure that you're good first. But, but in all reality, you need to just wait until after closing. Um, or, you know, another one, uh, check out this brand new car I just financed. Yes. Three days before closing. I did a really funny TikTok and reel on Instagram um, where I was like, I don't know what he's so mad about. This car is sick. <laughs> and I did. It's, it's funny if you, if you check it out, but it was basically joking about how some buyers will do that and then basically, you know, grenade their home purchase because they uh, bought a car. So um, another one, I can't believe the appraisal came in 20000 above the sales price. Yeah, you don't want to tell the seller that right before right. they're about to sign. Yes. They may get second thoughts and say, you know what, I'm out. Yeah, I'm not going to sign. Good luck fighting me. I want my extra twenty grand. You know, yeah. they may think they got a, a bad deal. So you don't want to talk about the appraisal in front of the seller. You don't want to tell them that it came in higher. You don't want to tell them that you made money on them. Uh, just a bad overall look. Yeah, if you get if you get fortunate enough to do that, especially in today's market, it's fine. Keep it yourself. If you're buying it with your spouse, high five them. You know, exactly. chuckle underneath your. Do breath, not talk about but, it at uh, the closing table. Yeah, but yeah, at the closing table in there. Wait till it's uh, it's done. You know, and everything. And, and else. in fact, what started to happen, and I think what a lot of savvy real estate agents do is the buyer and seller rarely close together. Anymore. Right. Yeah. You don't and it's, see it a it's lot. to prevent this kind of stuff. Um, because buyers will say something stupid or the seller will say something stupid or the agents don't like each other because they had a combative negotiation. You know, it just, it's just the way that it is. So if you want to avoid it in entirely, if you're the type of person that's going to, you know, stick your foot in your mouth, then just ask not to close when the seller's there, you know, close at a separate time. Then you don't have to worry about, you know, the chest bumping that you want to do for getting it 20,000 above sales price appraisal. Right. So I can't wait to gut the house. Yes. Another one. Especially for what we just said, if yeah. that, if you're going to say that, I mean, people get emotionally tied yeah. to the house. They yeah. may have lived there for 25, 30 years, all yep. these memories, raise their family. And then some, you know, someone comes in and says, I'm going to gut this whole thing. Just, just yep. don't tell them. Or I can't it. wait to tear it down. Yeah. You know, no the emotional ties. No, 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 no. You do not understand the emotional attachment that person may have to the house. You just need to, uh, you know, not go there. It's a, it's a bad look. Um, the other one, could you remove the swing set from the backyard? Now, I, we do get this one a lot where the seller might leave something or forget something. Um, you're supposed to do a walkthrough inspection, and the yep. seller is supposed to you know, w- remove and maintain the property per the contract. Um, w- however, um, there are times they forget stuff. And, and in reality, 
you, you know, you don't want to do something of this in today's market. Okay, look, buyers, I just want you to understand this. The seller has the power. I'm sorry, but they're in the driver's seat. Check your ego at the door. Don't do something stupid and then have the seller say, you know what? I'm not even going to sign because you're, you know, being a jerk about the swing set. You know, like just just don't do it. Um, you know, and, and you know, it's it's you certainly don't want to not speak up about something major. But if it's not some sort of major expense, you could probably post the swing set on Craigslist and somebody will probably grab it from it, your yeah. house for free in a matter of hours. So, But um, anything like that, that you last minute request of the seller, um, you need to make sure it's documented a contract and rec- you know, right. request it ahead of time. Make it very clear if you you know if you want to make sure they don't leave something because they may forget. They may think the swing set's part of the deal. It was in the photos. They think it needs to stay. You don't want it. Communicate that way before closing day. Yeah, and if you have something like that as you're going through and you're writing the offer up front, make sure your agent puts it in the initial contract. If you if that's important for you um, to make sure something gets moved or taken away or that sort of stuff, make sure it's outlined in the beginning. You don't want to bring it up midway through at the end and again have it go up because again the sellers are in charge. Yeah, no doubt about it. So again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show here on WFLA News. When we aren't on air, follow us on all of our socials. We are at the Duncan Duo, uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, pretty much everywhere, Facebook. So if you're uh, savvy on social media, make sure to follow us. We're always putting out uh, real estate relevant tips and information. So how do you become a real estate agent in five steps? Okay, this was an article I saw this week. Um, the first step is go to jointheduo.com, right, yeah. register for our career night, and we'll teach you all this stuff. We'll tell you what to do. We'll give you tips. We'll give you the secret ninja tips on how to get licensed and you know how to avoid uh, what people mess up a lot of the time. And um, you know, I'm a I'm a firm believer that if you are going to be a new agent, joining a team is the best way to go. Um, you know, you even if you want to eventually build your own brand, you can learn a lot from an existing team that's operating at a high level and then build your brand after that and go out and do your own thing. But for a couple of years working under a team, you're going to get leads and income. The failure rate for first year real estate agents is dramatically high. It's like, you know, a couple out of 10 survive. Like there's so many people that get their license and do not make it. So don't be one of those people that goes somewhere because you think they're going to give you a better split. You think you're going to sell all your friends and family houses because guess what? Your friends and family know 57 other realtors and they don't trust you yet. You're brand new to the business. So when you don't have a really clear path on how to generate the business, you need to go somewhere that, that does. So, so how are the, so, so the steps, obviously I, you know, tongue in cheek, join the duo.com for our career night, second Tuesday of every month. Um, but, uh, take a real estate pre-licensing course. Yep. Couple, you know, there's multiple different companies out there that allow you to do it. A lot of it's gone online today. There are places to take it in person. I will tell you that I see the failure rate in person versus online. I see people that go in person failing at a much, uh, fail less failures, put it that way. Okay. So they, they're the pass rate is, is better, better in, person in person than it is online. Yep. Okay. Um, you have the ability to ask a teacher. You're more focused people that are doing it online. It's easy Their to kids get distracted. are distracting, the phone's ringing. When you go somewhere, you're locked in. Right. So you, you have a better chance uh, of passing when you have a professor that you can ask questions to. Um, you take the real estate licensing exam um, and you you pass it. Um, in Florida, you can keep taking it until you pass it. Um, and I think it's a it's a 75, I believe, that you have to get on the uh, on the licensing exam. And they tell you how many you got if you don't get it. So if you needed 75 and you got 73, they tell you, you know, so you know how far off you are. 
Um, you activate your real estate license by, um, you know, technically in Florida by joining a real estate company. You're not right. you're not an active sales associate until you've joined a brokerage. So to activate your license, you can you know pay your you can pay your fees and all that kind of stuff. Go through the fingerprinting and all that and get valid. But but you can't have an active license unless you're with an active broker. So um, in terms of um, you know how much do real estate agents make? Everywhere from zero to millions. Just depends on you know how hard you work, how long you've been in it, how much experience you have, the leverage, your you know a, a variety of different things. Um, but the average, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, um, is is around fifty grand. Um, and in Florida, it's less than that. It was yeah. you know because there's we have a lot of people that are real estate licensed. So uh, the reality is is that. Um, you know, there are people out there in jobs and they leave to go into real estate and they probably don't have the right real personality for real estate sales. It's, it's not for everyone. It's, you know, it, while there's a lot of people out there that can do great at it, there are a lot of people that get into it thinking that it looks easy on HGTV. So now I can go do that and make a bunch of money and all my friends are going to use me. And it is a much harder career path than people realize. Yeah. And the article says that, you know, more than, uh, you know, 10% make three times the amount of the average. So, you know, over 150,000, if you're in the top percent, 10% of agents across right. the board, and it's probably and more that, than that in and, Florida. And that honestly. takes a while. I yeah. mean, it's going to take a while. I mean, and, and, and again, depending on where you join and, you know, at our company, we have agents that make six figures in the first year, right. you know, all the time, but um, they plug in, they're coachable. They, they follow our guidance and they, they do it our way instead of their way because experience teaches them, you know, how to be successful. So, um, a lot of your success is going to be on on where you join. To, total cost to 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 get into real estate. You know, I like to tell people probably a couple thousand dollars. You gotta you gotta pay for your dues. You've got to join the board. You got to join to to become a realtor because you can be a licensed real estate agent, not a realtor. But to become a realtor, get access to MLS, all that stuff. You probably got to plan on a couple thousand dollars of total investment. Um, you know, to become an agent and join a company. Now, some companies that upfront fee or to join maybe more or less, but that that's a good rough number that people need to be prepared for. And I'm always a firm believer that you need to have a nest egg. If you don't have income from something else and you're going to jump into real estate, you need to have some money put away yes. because you're going to have a period of time before you start helping people find homes that you're not going to make money yep. you know, until you help them close. So you, you've got to come up with a solution for that. So, um, so be cautious about that. If you want to know um, any more about our team, again, our, we do our career night. You can check that out at jointheduo.com. Again, that's jointheduo.com. Um, you know, second Tuesday of every month. You can also apply directly at our open positions on that website and get career tips and different things. Uh, you can also DM us through social media. If you're an agent thinking about joining somewhere new, uh, thinking about a change, you know, hit us up at Join the Duo. So we're going to be back. We're going to continue our conversation about the Tampa Bay real estate market after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. And we're going to wrap up our last segment of the show here with some creative ways to make money off of your house that aren't Airbnb. Look, we'll, we'll talk about the obvious. You, I mean, you can't Airbnb your house. Yes. You know, your primary residence, if you're going to go out of town, you can rent it out. Now, again, they're going to have access to everything in your house unless you find a way to lock stuff up. And, you know, you could have confidential financial documents or cars or vehicles. So it's not advisable for everyone, but there are people that that will, um, you know, that will rent your house. And, you know, you you can decide or debate whether or not it makes sense for you. But but you can. You can rent out your house. 
a lot of people during the Super Bowl, for example, yes. um, rented out their house. I made a lot of great money to, you know, people traveling in. The, the more luxurious, the more you can charge. The, the larger, the more you can charge. Um, rent out your pool or backyard. Look, there's people who don't have pools, and they don't really want to go to, you know, the YMCA or a, or a park pool. Right. You know, and they want to have a pool party. Yep. Um, so you can rent out your pool or your backyard to host an event. Um, another one that they didn't mention on here, and again, this isn't certainly something for the um, for the regular houses out there, but you can rent out your house for weddings, right? You know, yes, you know, event, different events. That, you know, so there are ways that you can monetize space in your home. You just simply have to, um, you know. Not be there. Yeah, I think that's becoming, especially during the COVID era now, the weddings, people renting their house out, luxury home, estates, things like that. I've been to a few weddings that have been in places like that because they wanted to kind of keep it small and intimate and not, yep. you know, and so you start seeing that more and more. You can also host a photo or TV shoot. Yes. Um, video production companies are always looking for, um, you know, houses to to shoot. Um, you know, you can, whether it's photos, whether it's videos, whether it's a commercial, whether it's actual production, um, you know, you can get paid up to thousands of dollars per day for your home to be used. Now, again, um, the, the, you know, they're looking for a certain property type, right. um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a luxury home. Look, Edward Scissor, Edward Scissor Hands was filmed, I think in Lutz and used a very basic common house, but, but the owner of that house made a lot of money in right. Tampa. So, so it doesn't have to be. Um, you know, a luxury house. It could be a production that's looking for a you know normal house in a normal neighborhood. Um, and and obviously the higher price the home, the more premium that you can charge, and the and the different clientele too. You know, if, for example, if you're wanting to, you know, if you're wanting somebody to do a rap video at your house, it's probably going to need to be like something really luxurious. Yeah, you know, right. like yep. you know, so. Um, but you can host a photo shoot. There are websites out there where you can plug in your home and photos of your home and then get offers and interest from people that are uh, producers. Interestingly enough, I did this. Uh, not intentionally. It was kind of funny how it happened. Uh, a photographer buddy of mine threw my website on one of these apps and said, you know, hey, look, you could make some really good extra money. And I actually got an offer that would have paid me a decent amount of money, but I was going to be out of town and I wasn't. I wasn't good with it. Um, you know, I just, I just wasn't, um, because the, they only needed it from nine to five. So I could go home and sleep, but I just right. needed to be gone during the day. And I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the the whole concept, uh, for that specific production, but something that I'll consider doing become a campground host. Now look, okay. <laughs> if you live in Seminole Heights, you're probably not rocking and rolling with becoming a campground host. This is, this is more for, you know, your rural properties. You yes. know, this is, this is our Brain Rico view, our Lutes, our Odessa, our Lakeland, uh, Pasco. Yeah, some places um, that have some space, yeah. right? You got some right. land, you yes. know, you got some woods behind your property, maybe right. a little lake. Um, leasing out your parking space. Uh, this is becoming really, really common. Yes. Um, car storage. In fact, it's so common that I'm working on a development to solve car storage for people that are into, you know, race and exotic cars. Um, but... Um, there's a lot of homes in Tampa that don't have garages and people don't have room for their toys. They, you know, they have a car that they're working on and it's in the driveway and they want it stored somewhere. Um, so there are ways that you can do this yourself. It, you know, gone are the days where you have to go to public storage or some, you know, storage facility to do this. You can rent out parking space from people that own their homes. Yeah, I see so many of the snowbirds that come down out on the beaches that bring multiple cars, but maybe they only have access to one parking spot. 
that would be happy to rent and are looking to rent a place to park their car. They don't know where to park it. I see it on the social media. Yeah, hey, where can I park my extra car and everything else? And it'd be a great opportunity where literally if you have extra space in your driveway or side spot, you can make some extra I mean, money. I just saw this in New York City. They're selling parking spots for $500,000 yeah, in certain parts right? of I mean, New York City. It's supply like, and demand. Wow. I mean, so, so you're not going to get that kind of money. But, but again, if you're, um, if you're someone who has the space and want to make some extra money, I mean, it could be, a, you know, 50 bucks to a few hundred bucks, depending on whether it's covered, it's in a garage, it's got time control, whatever, whatever it is, how secure it is. Um, but you can lease out space in your home. Um, rent out your uh, storage areas. Yeah. Um, so if you've got storage sheds, if you've got you know extra buildings, if you've got a barn, there are people that are looking to store their stuff somewhere, and maybe they don't really want to go to a storage facility, and you know that that sort of thing. So again, um, and then last but not least, this isn't really your house, but if you've got um, you know a camper van or a, you know an RV, you can rent those out as well to make uh, extra money. Um, you can also allow uh, people to park on your property again. Probably not happening in Seminole Heights. Somebody's not going to pull their RV up in your front yard. But if you own a property that has enough parking space and, you know, is in an area where this could, you know, suffice, you know, letting someone park their, you know, their RV at your house, uh, you know, for a period of time is something that can happen. So, again, lots of creative ways to make money with real estate. It isn't just about buying and selling or renting it out via Airbnb. You can use your space to make some extra gig money. Um, And so, anyway, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Make sure to check us out on all of our socials at The Duncan Duo and have an awesome rest of your weekend, Tampa Bay.